Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 228. Hey, my listeners, I'm so happy to be here with you on this Monday and tell you about Roger Hardy that built a Nasdaq-listed public company with his sister and sold it for almost half a billion dollars. Today, he found a new opportunity in the eye care business. When I asked Roger for his best advice for any entrepreneur, he said, build businesses that serve customers. What we find is that the more we can focus on and listen to customers and remove any challenges in our business, it takes the experience up for customers. That ultimately is a driver of financial results. Roger Hardy is a serial entrepreneur with over 15 years' experience building several technology businesses to successful exits. Hardy founded Coastal Contacts Inc. in 2000, instantly rewriting the business model for contact lens sales and delivery. Drawing from his previous logistic expertise and industry knowledge, Roger sized the newly emerging e-commerce revolution. Roger left Coastal to become the largest online retailer of eyewear and vision-related products until it was acquired by Essilo International in what was the largest e-commerce transaction in Canadian history at the time. In 2018, Roger co-founded Kits Eyewear Ltd. alongside Joseph Thompson and Sabrina Liak. As CEO, Hardy has led Kits through unprecedented growth with a 47% year-over-year revenue increase. Let's listen to Roger's story. Roger Hardy, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, Hayut. Nice to be here with you. I'm so happy that you are here. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? Sure. Well, you know, it's been uh, an exciting journey the last couple of years. Of course, um, we, we built uh, Coastal, my sister and I, from startup to a NASDAQ-listed public company and then a sale to uh, Essilor Luxottica in 2014 for almost a half a billion dollars. So that was an exciting yeah. journey. And, and since then, we've been... Uh, We've been doing investments in real estate and in technology, and we kept coming back to the optical category and being excited about the opportunity in optical. And, and it's always gotten us interested to, to try to serve customers in a way that you know exceeded their expectations. And we, we kept coming back to this opportunity that was in optical, and uh, you know that's what we've been doing. We've been working on Kits Eye Care here out of Vancouver, Canada. You know, mostly focused yeah. on the eye care business for North America, and uh, it's been going great guns. We've, we're probably two and a half years into it, and uh, this year we should be just over a hundred million of revenue. And um, 
And the company also recently wow. launched an IPO on the TSX in Canada. So uh, it's a, a very oversubscribed IPO and it's, it's an exciting time for us. Wow, it sounds exciting. Does it have any connection to the company you had before? You know, really, uh, the, the, so the company I had before, I, I think um, when we were, when, after we sold the company, we'd hear from our friends and family that, um, you know, they, they felt that the service levels had declined and, and that there was, you know, that there wasn't as much a focus around the customer with the new owners. And, and I think that's really just hearing those thoughts over and over again, kind of led us to think, hey, we could do something similar to what we did before, but um, maybe with a, a bit more technology um, to enhance the customer experience. So, you know, as I mentioned, it's a contact lenses and eyeglasses business that, that serves customers primarily online. And, you know, yeah. during the launching, we, we discovered that there's, um, you know, it's possible to do an eye exam online now. And, and of course, as you can imagine with COVID, um, that's, that only accelerated. So we built that technology into our business. And, um, you know, I think it's been, a, it's been a big accelerator to be able to offer an eye exam online. It takes about four minutes to do it at home, you know, compared to driving to a, an optometrist's office or an optician's to, to get that eye exam. And, and the cost is, we include that with your, with your purchase uh, free of charge. So, you know, technology is just really driving the change and innovation. And, and that's really the sort of, the, the past is similar in, in that it's contacts and glasses, but the future we see as being, you know, all online and, and trying to use these online vision tools to really build something special for customers. It sounds terrific. How did you get there? How did you start? What was your career path? Oh, you know, great question. So I actually worked in the vision category. I worked in uh, for one of the vision care companies. And while I was working there, I, I was struck by the fact that, you know, I, I really just felt customers were underserved. And, you know, that then I think probably part of it was the timing as well. You know, the internet was just getting going. And so, like I said, my sister and I built a website and uh, started out uh, selling contact lenses. And, um, you know, the first day we had 16 orders in the first month, we had 70,000 in sales. Wow. In the first year, we had two and a half million of sales in the second year, 10 million of sales. So we really, you know, there was an unmet need there in terms of savings convenience for customers. And at that time, the technology innovation was just a website, just putting it online. And I think as things progressed, you know, we added things like mobile options and app options and fitting options. And today, I think the real technology innovation, like I said, that eye exam, just makes it easier for customers to order, you know, from home or office, you know, anytime, 24 seven day or night, they can really, you know, step into that. Um, and it's just so much more convenient. And so that's, I think what's really driving a kits uh, eye care platform at this point is the, the level of convenience, the level of savings for customers. And yeah, we, we couldn't be more excited. Well, how did you find the need? Was it something that you needed yourself or... Did you search for something like that? You know, great question. So I was in the vision category and I think our view was that, I mean, it's, it's a kind of an older school category. You know, if you think of the brands that exist today in North America, and I think in Israel and around the world, many of them were built 50, 60, 70 years ago for a customer of 50, 60, 70 years ago. So they hadn't really incorporated, you know, some of the technology innovations and very few of them were fast to move online. You know, I think with COVID, some of them have started to. So I think how we saw the opportunity is just to build a, an offering for a customer of today. What does a 20 to 30 year old customer of today want? They want, you know, 
mass selection, they want savings, they want convenience, they want to be able to, you know, have technology that makes their lives much easier. And so that's really kind of the place we started. Let's build the platform for, for vision care for a customer of today. And, and when we built everything around that customer, we found that there was lots of things we could do better for, for customers. Hmm. Thanks. And um, where are you heading? What do you have in mind for the future? Yeah, sure. So, so um, you know, we, we kind of base our business around a couple of pillars. The first pillar is, uh, is around um, subscription. And so, you know, what we think is that when we look at other categories, we see that the companies that, you know, have customers on subscription are able to spend less time worrying about acquiring customers and more time worrying about retaining customers. And so they can invest and, and maintain that relationship. And so the first thing we work on is, uh, is growing our subscription business for contact lenses. So today that's mm-hmm. about 25% of our company. The second thing we work on is vertical integration. So we make sure that we have the most technologically advanced lab, optical lab in North America. That's our target. So we're moving towards so that it'll be completely automated, have the lowest cost of production. In that way, we really control the, the rails, as we call it, control the means of production to, to serve customers. And then I think the third thing we focus on is the net promoter score. So the NPS scores, and that's really an objective way for us to measure our success in serving customers. And that's, those are kind of the three main pillars we move towards uh, for Kits Eye Care. Hmm. And you are an entrepreneur yourself. What would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listening to us right now regarding their customer focus or something that has to do with their customer's approach. Yeah, sure. So, I, I mean, I think I've seen a number of, you know, businesses that serve customers and I think NPS is a great measure to use. I've had the opportunity to see what happens when you, when you really achieve a level of net promoter score where your customers become your advocates, where your marketing cost is declining each day instead of going up. And it's declining because customers are telling friends and family about the experience of, of your business. And so what we find is the more we can focus on and listen to customers, um, remove any challenges in our business, it just, it just takes the experience uh, up for customers. And that ultimately is, is a driver of financial results. It, it's, you know, our, our, it's our opinion that the company with the highest NPS in every category ultimately has the highest value in that category. So to the extent you serve customers better than others, you will ultimately derive more value than your competitors. I don't think it happens overnight, but, but that's our philosophy. And I've had the good fortune, like I said, when I sold my last business for a half a billion dollars, that's, that's, you know, that was our focus. And so we try to recreate that with everything we do. And how would you put it as an advice to other entrepreneurs? I would put it as you want to be getting as direct feedback as you possibly can from your customers. You want to be removing all the choke points, anything that's friction, anything that they tell you that is even a slight displeasure. You want every customer to be wowed by the experience of of being served by you. And to the extent you do that, you will increase the value of your company. You will grow your customers and your marketing, you know, Ultimately, your marketing dollars will be more efficient because each customer you acquire, 
you know, has a has an R naught, has a referral factor, just like COVID, and and you will see the exponential growth from from that. That's really the target is you know customers telling the story for you, not you having to go out and spend marketing money to to grow your business. Hmm, I love that. You've got successes. We already heard about it, but we will hear about it in a minute again. But I want to ask you. What is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? You know, it's a great question. You know, I think sometimes when you're an innovative company, you're always on the front edge. You're always trying new technologies. And, you know, I can remember thinking back, I don't want to name any names, but we, we, we did use a company, a payments company that we thought of as being very innovative. We did the due diligence on the company. We thought these guys are really, you know, cutting edge and customers are going to love this. It's a different way of making payments and it's on the front edge. And, you know, that company kind of overstated what they could do. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, it was a significant cost to us. So they, they had problems processing transactions. Their technology didn't keep up to their, their promises or commitments. And, you know, so I'd say... Uh, we want to be innovative, but we have to, um, you know, and, and with innovation comes some bumps. So I think you're going to see some challenges when you try and test things. Um, but that, that would be an example of one where we just went a little too fast and we got too excited about the technology and, um, you know, it ended up costing us. And so I think it's a, it was a good lesson to make sure we've done all of our due diligence in future with, um, you know, with suppliers. It's great because... This balance between being advanced and this is what helped you win and being sometimes a bit cautious about it is a difficult and challenging balance. You're so right. It, it, it's exactly that. It's, it's trying to find that balance between being out on the cutting edge and, uh, and not being too far over, as we say in Vancouver, BC is too far over your skis, you know? Hmm. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Yeah, you know, I think one of, one of the most successful transitions really came from listening to customers. You know, we had a, a large customer group of vision corrected customers and we kept hearing from them. We love what you've done for us in the contact lens business. But hey, can you do something in eyeglasses? You know, I know intuitively my eyeglasses should not be, you know, $150, $250. This is a small piece of plastic, two tiny pieces of glass. How can this be $250? And, and so it was, you know, listening to customers say that over and over and over again, you know, really got us to think about the category, think about how could we engineer it, think about building it out a vertical uh, solution. And, and, You know, so that's what really drove that, that innovation, that decision to go from just contact lenses into eyeglasses into now, um, you know, vision testing and online vision tools. So I think that's, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's hearing from customers, hey, I want more convenience, I want more selection. Um, that's, that's really what drives kind of the decision making for us and what we want to do next. Hmm, great. Roger, can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last Chinese tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might help other entrepreneurs as well. 
You know, it may sound uh, repetitive Hayut, to focus on the net promoter score NPS. And I think you've, you've heard of that and talked about it previously, but to the extent again, that you put in a system of receiving feedback from customers, measure who are your promoters, those people who are out there telling friends and family, who are the neutrals? So who was it only okay with? And then who were the, the detractors? The people said, well, was too slow. Well, the quality wasn't high enough. And, and having a means of collecting that data, reviewing that either yourself or with your team each week, you know, that to me is the biggest driver of value in a company. Love that. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us to win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? You know, I think it's the, um, the, I mean, I'm persistent by nature. And I'm also, I would say, um, I can be determined, persistent, but, but I also, I think I receive feedback and, and can change my approach. And, and so that's what I think is key for entrepreneurs is, you know, we need to know what the end goal is. What are we trying to achieve? We need to go aggressively in that direction. And then as we receive feedback from the market, from customers, we need to be, you know, savvy enough to hear that feedback, alter our approach, improve our offering, change the direction subtly or more dramatically, you know, get that feedback loop that helps you reach the ultimate goal, you know, set the target, be persistent in getting there and, and take the feedback from the market that, that will help you get there. I, I find a lot of times people are just so persistent, but they, they, they miss the last step in the feedback loop. Um, so for us, it's mm -hmm. about, you know, making sure we're hearing customers, learning what we can, iterating, improving the offering and, and what matters to customers. And my last question, my final question before asking you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining for years this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain, step after step after step. And then when you reach the peak, you usually are looking to climb a higher peak. And sometimes you need to go down in order to reach the peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climb the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And I first meant physical mountains, literally a mountain, but today I allow everyone to take it to the metaphor as well. I think it's a great question, Hayut, and, and I love the metaphor, and it's ironic you mention it. Uh, so I live here in Vancouver, and right from, from the window of my office, we can see the mountains here in Vancouver. There's a mountain called Grouse Mountain. And at Grouse Mountain, there's a hike up the mountain. It's about somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. So it's not, it's not a particularly strenuous, but it's one that everybody can really do. And when they visit Vancouver, you know, I'd encourage them to do it. So we started doing that with our management team that each Thursday morning, we would say, I would say, this being Roger, I'll, I'll, I would like to buy everyone a coffee at the top of the mountain at 8.30. And then people mm -hmm. can adjust their time and some leave at 6.30, some leave at 7 and some leave at, you know, 7.30. And then we all meet at the top as a team and I invite everyone. And uh, so it's ironic because today I saw on my, on my Facebook, my social media feed that there was a picture of the 20 people I did it with, um, you know, it was three or four years ago on this day. 
and tomorrow morning we'll hmm. have about you know somewhere between eight and ten people up there as well so it's a great way for our, our us as a culture to connect and and to climb that metaphorical mountain and the actual mountain as a team right and so for me it's it'd be no fun to go climb the mountain on my own Beautiful. uh i love climbing it with people from my team you know it gives them access to to chat with me and me to chat with them in casual circumstance outside of the office and get to know them you know personally in other ways and i'm always impressed at how fast some of the young folks can go up the mountain now <laughs> you know they have to wait for me <laughs> uh and uh you know and i have to huff and puff so <laughs> i yeah uh, and, and and so i've learned the trick is to ask them questions and then let them do the talking as i try to do the hiking but all that to say, you know, my, my mountain climbing, I like doing it with the team. And that's the same with the uh, entrepreneurship. You know, I, I enjoy doing, you know, building companies with a great group of people. And I'm so fortunate to work with a wonderful team here at Kits. And uh, so that's kind of how I would, I would connect that, the dots to your question. I think it's a great question. And, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked. It's terrific. It's one of the most beautiful mountain stories I have because it's a great idea meeting your team up there i'll have to send you the photo <laughs> you know it's funny yeah it'll go with a please post. do please do <laughs> it's a great idea roger what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch yeah sure anytime just roger r-o-g-e-r at kits k-i-t-s dot com so um you know kits is inspired by kits beach here in vancouver if you've ever been to Vancouver, mm. we can sit there and we can see Grouse Mountain. And, uh, you know, my partners and I used to go to Kits in the morning, uh, get a coffee before the sun came up and uh, and walk on the beach there and think about our entrepreneurial journey. And so that's kind of how Kits started. And, um, you know, and today we can see that mountain uh, from there. So it's, uh, yeah, kits.com if they want to reach me. And are you on social media as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm on Instagram for sure. I'm, uh, you know, I, uh, I've got an Instagram profile just under Roger Hardy. Okay, so we'll put these links in the show notes of this interview. Fantastic. And Roger, I would like to thank you so much for being here. It has been a pleasure talking with you. You too, a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Great to chat. Thank you and take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.